Chapters thirty nine to forty one, Book eight, Volume one, of Le Mot d'Arthur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Gesine. Le Mort d'Arthur, Volume One, by Sir Thomas Mallory. Book Eight, Chapters Thirty Nine to Forty One. Chapter Thirty Nine. In the meantime, there came word that Sir Naban had made a cry that all the people of that isle should be at his castle the fifth day after, and the same day the son of Naban should be made knight and all the knights of that valley and thereabout should be there to joust, and all those of the realm of Logris should be there to joust with them of North Wales, and thither came five hundred knights, and they of the country brought thither Sir Lamorak and Sir Tristram and Sir Cahedius and Sir Seguarides, for they durst none otherwise do, and then Sir Nabon lent Sir Lamorak horse and armour at Sir Lamorak's desire, and Sir Lamorak jousted, and did such deeds of arms, that Nabon and all the people said there was never knight that ever they saw do such deeds of arms. For, as the French book says, he forjousted all that were there, for the most part of five hundred knights, that none abode him in his saddle. Then Sir Nabon proffered to play with him his play, for I saw never no knight do so much upon a day. I will well, said Sir Lamorak, play as I may, but I am weary and sore bruised. And there either gat a spear, but Nabon would not encounter with Sir Lamorak, but smote his horse on the forehead, and so slew him. And then Sir Lamorak yeed on foot, and turned his shield and drew his sword, and there began strong battle on foot. But Sir Lamorak was so sore bruised and short-breathed that he traced and traversed somewhat aback. Fair fellow, said Sir Nabon, hold thy hand and I shall show thee more courtesy than ever I showed knight, because I have seen this day thy noble knighthood, and therefore stand thou by, and I will wit whether any of thy fellows will have ado with me. Then when Sir Tristram heard that, he stepped forth and said, Nabon, lend me horse and sure armour, and I will have ado with thee. Well, fellow, said Sir Nabon, go thou to yonder pavilion, and arm thee of the best thou findest there, and I shall play a marvellous play with thee. Then said Sir Tristram, Look ye play well, or else peradventure I shall learn you a new play. That is well said, fellow, said Sir Nabon. So when Sir Tristram was armed as him liked best, and well shielded and sworded, he dressed to him on foot, for well he knew that Sir Nabon would not abide a stroke with a spear, therefore he would slay all knights' horses. Now, fair fellow, Sir Nabon, let us play. So then they fought long on foot, tracing and traversing, smiting and foining long without any rest. At the last Sir Nabon prayed him to tell him his name. Sir Nabon, I tell thee my name is Sir Tristram de Leonis, a knight of Cornwall under King Mark. Thou art welcome, said Sir Nabon, for of all knights I have most desired to fight with thee or with Sir Launcelot. Chapter thirty nine. 
So then they went eagerly together, and Sir Tristram slew Sir Nabon, and so forthwith he leapt to his son, and struck off his head, and then all the country said they would hold of Sir Tristram. Nay, said Sir Tristram, I will not so. Here is a worshipful knight, Sir Lamorak de Gallis, that for me he shall be lord of this country, for he hath done here great deeds of arms. Nay, said Sir Lamorak, I will not be lord of this country, for I have not deserved it as well as ye. Therefore give ye it where ye will, for I will none have. Well, said Sir Tristram, since ye nor I will not have it, let us give it to him that hath not so well deserved it. Do as ye list, said Segwarides, for the gift is yours, for I will none have and I had deserved it. So was it given to Segwarides, whereof he thanked them, and so was he lord, and worshipfully he did govern it. And then Sir Segwarides delivered all prisoners, and set good governance in that valley, and so he returned into Cornwall, and told King Mark and La Bile how Sir Tristram had advanced him to the Isle of Servage, and here he proclaimed in all Cornwall of all the adventures of these two knights, so was it openly known. But full woe was La Bile when she had tell that Sir Tristram was wedded to Isoude La Blanchemain. Chapter 40 So turn we unto Sir Lamorak, that rode toward Arthur's court, and Sir Tristram's wife, and Kehidius, took a vessel and sailed into Brittany, unto King Howell, where he was welcome. And when he heard of these adventures, they marvelled of his noble deeds. Now turn we unto Sir Lamorak, that when he was departed from Sir Tristram, he rode out of the forest, till he came to an hermitage. When the hermit saw him, he asked him from whence he came. Sir, said Sir Lamorak, I come from this valley. Sir, said the hermit, thereof I marvel, for this twenty winter I saw never no knight pass this country, but he was either slain or villainously wounded, or pass as a poor prisoner. Those ill customs, said Sir Lamorak, are fordone, for Sir Tristram slew your lord, Sir Nabon, and his son. Then was the hermit glad, and all his brethren, for he said there was never such a tyrant among Christian men. And therefore, said the hermit, this valley and franchise we will hold of Sir Tristram. So on the morrow Sir Lamorak departed, and as he rode he saw four knights fight against one, and that one knight defended him well, but at the last the four knights had him down. And then Sir Lamorak went betwixt them, and asked them why they would slay that one knight, and said it was shame, four against one. Thou shalt well wit, said the four knights, that he is false. That is your tale, said Sir Lamorak, and when I hear him also speak, I will say as ye say. Then said Lamorak, Ah, knight, can ye not excuse you, but that ye are a false knight? Sir, said he, Yet can I excuse me both with my word and with my hands, that I will make good upon one of the best of them, my body to his body. Then spake they all at once, We will not jeopardy our bodies as for thee. But wit thou well, they said, and King Arthur were here himself, it should not lie in his power to save his life. That is too much said, 
said Sir Lamorak, but many speak behind a man more than they will say to his face, and because of your words ye shall understand that I am one of the simplest of King Arthur's court. In the worship of my lord now do your best, and in despite of you I shall rescue him. And then they lashed all at once to Sir Lamorak, but anon at two strokes Sir Lamorak had slain two of them, and then the other two fled. So then Sir Lamorak turned again to that knight, and asked him his name. Sir, he said, my name is Sir Frol of the Out Isles. Then he rode with Sir Lamorak, and bare him company. And as they rode by the way, they saw a seemly knight riding against them, and all in white. Ah, said Frol, yonder knight jousted late with me, and smote me down, therefore I will joust with him. Ye shall not do so, said Sir Lamorak, by my counsel, and ye will tell me your quarrel, whether ye jousted at his request, or he at yours. Nay, said Sir Frol, I jousted with him at my request. Sir, said Lamorak, then will I counsel ye deal no more with him, for me seemeth, by his countenance, he should be a noble knight, and no japer, for me thinketh, he should be of the table round. Therefore I will not spare, said Sir Frol, and then he cried and said, Sir knight, make thee ready to joust. That needeth not, said the white knight, for I have no lust to joust with thee. But yet they footed their spears, and the white knight overthrew Sir Frol, and then he rode his way a soft pace. Then Sir Lamorak rode after him, and prayed him to tell him his name. For me seemeth, he should be of the fellowship of the round table. Upon a covenant, said he, I will tell you my name, so that ye will not discover my name, and also that ye will tell me yours. Then, said he, my name is Sir Lamorak de Gallis, and my name is Sir Launcelot du Lake. Then they put up their swords, and kissed heartily together, and either made great joy of other. Sir, said Sir Lamorak, and it please you, I will do you service. God defend, said Launcelot, that any of so noble a blood as ye be should do me service. Then he said, More, I am in a quest that I must do myself alone. Now God speed you, said Sir Lamorak, and so they departed. Then Sir Lamorak came to Sir Frol, and horsed him again. What knight is that? said Sir Frol. Sir, he said, it is not for you to know, nor it is no point of my charge. Ye are the more uncourteous, said Sir Frol, and therefore I will depart from you. Ye may do as ye list, said Sir Lamorak, and yet by my company ye have saved the fairest flower of your garland. So they departed. Chapter 41 Then within two or three days Sir Lamorak found a knight at a well sleeping, and his lady sat with him and waked. Right so came Sir Gawain, and took the knight's lady, and set her up behind his squire. So Sir Lamorak rode after Sir Gawain, and said, Sir Gawain, turn again. And then said Sir Gawain, What will ye do with me? For I am nephew unto King Arthur. Sir, said he, for that cause I will spare you, else that lady should abide with me, or else ye should joust with me. Then Sir Gawain turned him, and ran to him that ought the lady with his spear, 
by the knight with pure might, smote down Sir Gawain, and took his lady with him. All this Sir Lamorak saw, and said to himself, But I revenge my fellow, he will say of me dishonour in King Arthur's court. Then Sir Lamorak returned, and proffered that knight to joust. Sir, said he, I am ready. And there they came together, with all their might. And there Sir Lamorak smote the knight through both sides, that he fell to the earth dead. Then that lady rode to that knight's brother, that hight Bellians Leorgulus, that dwelt fast thereby, and then she told him how his brother was slain. Alas, said he, I will be revenged. And so he horsed him, and armed him, and within a while he overtook Sir Lamorak, and bade him, Turn and leave that lady, for thou and I must play a new play, for thou hast slain my brother, Sir Frol, that was a better knight than ever wert thou. It might well be, said Sir Lamorak, but this day in the field I was found the better. So they rode together, and unhorsed other, and turned their shields, and drew their swords, and fought mightily, as noble knights proved, by the space of two hours. So then Sir Bellians prayed him to tell him his name. Sir, said he, my name is Sir Lamorak de Gallis. Ah, said Sir Bellians, thou art the man in the world that I most hate, for I slew my sons for thy sake, where I saved thy life, and now thou hast slain my brother, Sir Frol. Alas, how should I be accorded with thee? Therefore defend thee, for thou shalt die. There is none other remedy. Alas, said Sir Lamorak, full well me ought to know you, for ye are the man that most have done for me. And therewithal Sir Lamorak kneeled down and besought him of grace. Arise, said Sir Bellians, or else thereas thou kneelest I shall slay thee. That shall not need, said Sir Lamorak, for I will yield me unto you, not for fear of you, nor for your strength, but your goodness maketh me full loath to have ado with you. Wherefore I require you for God's sake, and for the honour of knighthood, forgive me all that I have offended unto you. Alas, said Balians, leave thy kneeling, or else I shall slay thee without mercy. Then they yeed again unto battle, and either wounded other, that all the ground was bloody thereas they fought. And at the last Bellians withdrew him aback, and set him down softly upon a little hill, for he was so faint for bleeding that he might not stand. Then Sir Lamorak threw his shield upon his back, and asked him what cheer. Well, said Sir Balians, ah, sir, yet shall I show you favour in your malise. Ah, knight Sir Balians, said Sir Lamorak, thou art a fool, for an I had had thee at such advantage as thou hast done me, I should slay thee. But thy gentleness is so good and so large, that I must needs forgive thee mine evil will. And then Sir Lamorak kneeled down, and unlaced first his umbiriri, and then his own, and then either kissed other with weeping tears. Then Sir Lamorak led Sir Balians into an abbey fast by, and there Sir Lamorak would not depart from Balians till he was whole. And then they swear together that none of them should ever fight against other. So Sir Lamorak departed, and went to the court of King Arthur. Here leave we of Sir Lamorak and of Sir Tristram. 
and here beginneth the history of La Côte Maltel. End of Book 8, Chapters 39-41 to Recorded by Gesine in December 2007